1: My name is Welcome to another episode of Ups and Downs. Before we do get into this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, like we thought last week, Jim Ross is taking some time away from the show because he has to deal with skin cancer. So I just wanted to double down on the fact that I'm sending him love, I'm sending him positive thoughts, and I'm sending him health, and I hope he can get over it and get back to the booth double quick time. AEW just ain't the same without good old JR. But we still must take the finger of power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits down for this episode of AEW Dynamite. And if you had woken up on this December morn and gone, I really hope I get some fire in my wrestling. Well, my word, did you get some fire? Yeah. Let's up those doubts. Right. Okay. Serious faces. Everybody put them on. Ready? There it is. There's my serious face. But I think Brian Danielson may not only be the best wrestler in the world right now, but I also think he has entered my top three best wrestlers ever, even though that means nothing coming from me because I'm just a bald idiot. Seriously, though, whether he's talking about his love of bears or kicking somebody's head in, he is just great. He's like half killer and half goofball. And they are my two favorite things in the world. So when you smash them together, well, it makes me feel all warm, fuzzy, and my tum-tum. His run through the Dark Order continued to start off this week's Dynamite as he was facing Alan Angels with Hangman Adam Page on commentary, as we also found out that in a couple of weeks at winter are coming, it is going to be Brian Danielson versus the Hangman for the AEW World Championship. And on the down low, don't tell anyone, and make sure nobody else is around... But I kind of want Brian Danielson to win. I know somebody should shoot me out of the cannon. I don't know what's wrong with me. Because Danielson is an ass now, he basically toyed around with Allen to begin with. But then Ainge was all like, nah, bro, I'm a really good wrestler. So he threw Danielson to the outside and he hit a moonsault. And we have gotten to this phase in wrestling where people see that and just go, oh, well, I suppose that was a pretty good move. Do you know how dangerous and terrifying that is? Every time we see it, we should be clapping like seals. He also hit a Spanish fly, which made my heart stop because, of course, Brian Danielson has a bad head. And I was like, my gosh, what are you doing? And then you know what happened after this. Danielson got mad. He kicked Alan's head in. When you use the word Alan, it sounds like a disciplinary at the office before applying a knee bar, and he got the tap-out win. So he is just brilliant, as is Alan Angels, who, don't forget, is only 23 years old. And after the fact, Tony Schiavone interviewed Brian, and he was like, ha-ha, at winter is coming, I will become the AEW world champion. And as soon as Adam Page had heard this... He started running to the ring because he was mad. Amazingly, he got cut off by John Silver, though, who was like, no, I shall fight Brian Danielson. But Danielson just walked away because he was like, I'm not fighting you, you stupid pirate. You are beneath me because I am the king. So all of this is wonderful, and I really don't know what we are going to do when we get to that Winter is Coming main event. I mean, you actually could go either way, but what would that mean for Hangman? So when you make me feel like this... You are getting up we they just had the most nuts and brilliant video from miro and you just need to go and take 30 seconds right now and go and watch it i mean half the time i have no idea what he's going on about but my word does he pump me up he is my hero cm punk's random match tour then continued and some people get so mad about this like i only want to see cm punk in main event matches but i love it because never forget None of this was meant to happen to begin with. Because at this point too, we learned that we were going to get multiple commentators throughout the evening to sit in Jim Ross's chair. And of course, this time it was Maxwell Jacob Friedman. MJF does not like CM Punk. Punk was also taking on Lee Moriarty here which just made me feel so happy deep down in my tootsie toes because imagine you're Lee Moriarty right now. You've been smashing on the indie scene then you get signed by AEW and then your phone rings and someone goes oh hey Lee do you want to fight CM Punk? He was probably doing backflips because that doesn't even make any sense. MJF on commentary also at one point said that CM stands for cooking meth or something like that. I was like oh my gosh this guy is absolutely crazy and then back in the ring, they were doing technical wrestling. CM Punk went for a Frankensteiner, even though he's 40 years old. This was just a really good match. They also traded the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But when that didn't work, Lee hit a Pepsi twist, which is CM Punk's move. But much like Brian Danielson. Don't do that to these veterans. All you do is push their buttons. So Punk smashed him with the GTS. You got the one two three it ain't got even more entertaining because mgf asked for a live microphone one of the first things he said was hey punk do you know what the only thing you're good for is these days i feel bad saying this wasn't my words is his trying to get in Brit Baker's pets Punk then retorted that Maxwell was wearing Larry David's pyjamas, so I was loving the hell out of this, but I actually think they were Hanukkah clothes, so shout out to my Jewish friends. I hope you enjoy the Festival of Lights. And then MJF was like, well, you know what? You're more relevant than ever right now. In fact, the last time you were this relevant was in 2011, because you are talking and feuding with me, Maxwell Jacob Friedman." MJF also promised to win the Diamond Ring Battle Royal, which is returning next week, and I think that would be three for three for him. And then the straw that broke the camel's back here is that Maxwell Jacob Friedman insulted CM Punk's dog. And when I say insulted, what I actually mean is I think he threatened to kill it. CM Punk couldn't handle this and he went to nut him right in the head. But of course, Wardlow got in the way. And seriously, if you are a master at suspending your disbelief, you could totally believe that these two guys hate each other. It is tremendous. Britt Baker and Jamie Hater are definitely going to fall out too. Because Baker and her goons were backstage as Jamie got really mad that she had to fight Riho, but also wanted to make it clear, do you remember how good I was in that TBS tournament, somebody's coming here right now and give me a medal, when Britt went, well maybe they would have done if you hadn't have lost the thing. And honestly, the tension here. So it's going to be Hater versus Riho next week. And you've got to imagine when we get into 2022, Jamie Hater and Britt Baker are going to fall out. Especially because Tony Schiavone does the whole DMD thing. Rebel does the whole DMD thing. Of course, Britt does the whole DMD thing. But do you know who does not do the DMD thing? Surely you've worked out where I'm going with this. Otherwise, I think you probably need to see a doctor, ironically. Jamie hater, and then got confused. Now I am stupid, so if people could send answers on a postcard to Bull A Hole, Moron Lane, B1ASED, that would be much appreciated. Because I really didn't get what happened next. In short, Adam Cole came out to do commentary because it was his turn. When Orange Cassidy made his entrance. But I'm not really sure what he made his entrance for unless he just wanted to draw Jack with Adam Cole. I mean, he got right in Cole's face here until the Young Bucks turned up. And while they were going to have some sort of tete to tete Adam then snuck up behind Orange Cassidy. He whammed him in the balls. And this is when Matt and Nick Jackson started to have some fun. Because they did the whole Orange Cassidy weak strikes things before they hit a double super kick for real. And this is when the rest of the best friends ran out there and chased everybody off. And that was the end of the segment. So I don't really know why anybody was making their entrances a doll. And I do get it in the sense that this feud has been brewing for a while. Between the best friends of Adam and Cole's. So putting the Young Bucks into it is something you would want to do. And I'll be completely honest with you. Matt and Nick made me laugh so much. Especially Nick's outfit which was an absolute hoot. I was more than fine with it. But it did kind of feel like we were coming out. Just so we could do a little bit of a skit. Straight after this we had a Tony Nese promo. Who did remind us that on Rampage he's going after the TNT title. And then Wardload. Killed a man called A.C. Adams. I mean, sheesh. You've got to assume that that stands for actual carnage because Wardlow walked out here with his accountability buddy, Sean Spears, and he just ran through this dude. I mean, he was throwing him around. He hit four power bombs, and in around about 45 seconds... This was done. Spears then hit Adams with a chair for a while because why wouldn't you want to brutalize this man? And you have to imagine the end game to all of this is Wardlow turning face. And when that does happen, it is going to be a tremendous day. Also, when it comes to Wardlow, when he does walk out there, my brain just goes, oh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do because the guy just has something. So up. Bencher and Pac were then backstage and Pack is now wearing an eye patch. Now, I presume this is because of all the things he'd been doing with Andrade and Malachi Black but you know, the whole eye thing, that ties up with Malakai's, oh my gosh, what's happening, why am I turning into a panda? So I'm very excited about this, Mo. Also, eye patch is just cool. He is going to be replacing Phoenix on this week's episode of Ampage because there's been travel issues. So now instead of the Lucha Brothers versus FTR, we are getting Penta and Pac versus FTR. And this is why AEW's roster is so good. Like, is it a shame that Phoenix isn't in it? Of course it is. But when your replacement is Pack. Well, you ain't going to get no moaning from me. Sting was then wrestling on Dynamite. Let me just engage my bias gland. It's getting up. Team Taz was on commentary here as well, as the Icon did team up with his son, Darby Allen, as they were going to take on the Gun Club. Some people before this were actually saying, oh my gosh, the Gun Club's going to win and Sting's going to lose. I'm like, come on now, it's Sting. And given that it was Billy teaming up with his son, Colton, with Austin on the outside, it did mean that in 2021 we got Billy Gunn versus Sting. I was just laughing my ass off. So like 2021, you're so crazy. We've only got a few weeks left. And who the flub knows what's going to happen? Sting did get the better of Billy, which is when he tugged in Darby Allen. And once again, Billy was just grabbing Darbs and chucking him around like he was a baby. Like If you didn't know what wrestling was and you just tuned this in, you may ring the cops and say, oh, I need to report a crime. Colton then applied the Scorpion Deathlock to Darby. And I'm like, that's offensive. That's insulting. And you're going to piss him off, which they did do because in came Sting and he hit all his greatest hits. So he was hitting Stinger Splashes. He was seeing Scorpion Death Drops and he was applying real Scorpion. Death locks once again. I just absolutely love him. Austin Gunn, who was on the outside, then got worried. He's like, Oh no, my family's in trouble. So Darby Allen took him out with a stupid dive, which is when Sting finally hit another Scorpion Death drop and he got the one, two, three. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, he did it. Also, him and Darby Allen had the best face paint. I don't know how they do it. I honestly think every time Sting is in the ring these days, I'm just gonna have so much fun because I'm such a fan of the guy or a nerd. And there was also a tremendous near fall here because Billy Gunn hit the famous on Sting and Colton got the one-two. Oh! I tell you it got me. I'm also really intrigued to see where we're going to go with this Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston stuff. Because I'm not entirely sure of the direction. Like, it has been teased massively that Chris Jericho wasn't out there to help Eddie Kingston. And he just wanted to whip 2.0 and Danny Garcia's ass. And here, when he was talking about that, the roles got reversed. Because Danny Garcia and 2.0, well, they whipped Chris Jericho's ass. I mean, they jumped Jericho here and even smashed him with a chair. Which is going to take him off commentary of dynamite. Because on the down low, he may be over here in the UK at the moment doing a little bit of a tour. But does this mean we get the whole could that they coexist between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho? Or actually, will we get Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston? And the moments of the a shrug emoji, I don't know. We also started to build to the Diamond Ring Battle Raw because we had Taz on commentary saying, oh yeah, by the way, we have a 25% chance of winning here on Team Taz because I've got a bunch of participants in this match. And of course, because he was doing maths, he started doing Steiner maths. And if you know, you know, and if you don't, Go watch it right now. This is when Leo Rush interrupted though and said, nah, you got your numbers wrong because I'm going to win that battle royal. And of course, the massively interesting thing here is that he not only got ran off by Ricky Starks, but he also got ran off by Dante Martin, who yes, now is fully in Team Taz. Now, I still think this is gonna turn out to be Martin taking them down from the inside, but isn't this such a refreshing angle? Because usually wrestling always goes the other way, but now I'm scratching my head going, what? The best thing about all of this too is if you accidentally have a verbal typo when you are talking about Dante Martin and Ricky Starks, you call them Ricky Martin. I'm very sorry, that came out of my mouth, but I may have done this a few times this week. I am an idiot. Live a divina loca. Quick segue with Jay Cargill after this, who said, not only am I going to beat Thunder Rosa, but I'm going to go on to win that whole tournament and become the TBS champion. And this Friday on Rampage, I'm going to take on one of Thunder Rosa's students, known as Jani Kai. This is when Thunder Rosa turned up and said, well, I don't agree with you, so I shall be on commentary for that match. So this is all a thing. It was also a nice segue into the next round of that tournament because it was Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho, Alien versus Human. It's very good. Admittedly it started quite slow but this is a technique you can use in pro wrestling because it means when you get to the big crescendo it carries even more weight and I totally believe that's what we employed here. It was another case of some technical wrestling not really working because we got to a stalemate so all of a sudden everybody was smashing out their big moves. Because Ruby Soho went for a flatliner, so Chris Statlander went for a blue thunderbomb But when that didn't work, she gave her the buckle bomb. She followed it up with a Mishunoko driver. So right here, she was just using all of her XP and she was leveling up. Ruby then realized she needed to fight back. So she came charging out the corner with all these strikes and almost hit this poison Rana for a crazy near fall. And do you know what you do when all of this stuff isn't working? You go back to the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. (laughs) <laughs> the surprise roll up because just as chris satlander was going to finish her off ruby ho was able to reverse it into this wonderful maneuver and for the second time in this tournament she used it wonderfully she scored the three Now she's going on to the next round. So see, it can work. And straight afterwards, Nyla Rose got in there because that is going to be her opponent and started throwing bones when Chris Statlander reminded you, I am a good extraterrestrial. And she made the save. I do say this every week, but it totally bears repeating. This whole tournament has been so good because we have given it time and we have let it breathe. And now I totally feel very invested in the whole thing. It was then time for our main event. And in short, Cody Rhodes and Andrade went absolutely crazy. Now this stands to reason, given that it was an Atlanta street fight, but tying back into the intro of this video, if you had said beforehand, oh man, there better be fire in this, you would have been absolutely bonkers but you also would have been totally on the money. Before all that, too, Andrade attacked Cody Rhodes during his entrance, meaning they could brawl around the place straight away. Which saw Cody hit this like corkscrew, twisting splash thing onto Andrade, but then Andrade got him and just dropped his face right on the steel steps. That looked absolutely horrible. Cody was also being cheered like the hometown hero he was, but there were pockets of booze as well. So who the hell knows what's going to go on? And I'm going to tell you right now, I love the man. But Andrade didn't feel the same way about this. So he whammed Rhodes right in the balls before he got a laptop and just smashed it right into his head. And once again, that didn't look like it was very nice. It's also not normal behavior. And because one weapon had been introduced, then all the weapons were being introduced because we had steel chairs, we had steel change, we had tables, and we also had a golden shovel. Blood was then flowing everywhere because these people are just human beings. And then very sadly, I can't really tell you what happened next because something happened to Fight TV and it all went dark. I went and did some reading and I think that Cody Rhodes pretended he was going to hit someone with a sledgehammer, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But that's when he got this golden shovel and he just twonked it right into Jose's head, who, of course, is Andrade's assistant. And thank goodness he did do that because when Fight TV came back on... (laughs) Jose was running to the ring with a taser, and I was having all these terrible flashbacks to the late 90s. I never want to relive it. All the rest of this was beyond insane too, and you absolutely have to go and watch it, because it'd just be like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Which is when we did set up for our big finish, as Andrade and Cody fought on the top rope, and there was a table right behind them. So as they were teetering up there, Brandy Rhodes made her big return to dynamite, but she had lighter fluid, and she had a lighter was <laughs> a little bit like brandy you okay because this a really 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 crazy way to make a comeback she then did set this on fire which is when cody gave andrade a reverse ddt from the top through the table and you could see burned shards of this wood attached to cody Rhodes' skin and i was just wibbling and wobbling because it looked horrible it also allowed him to get the pinfall and if you want to boo him after that my gosh you are absolutely out of your mind and again you could can see the pain both guys were in when they went through this absolute mess but look it's another seal round of applause i mean the things that wrestlers do to entertain us it blows my mind and it is getting it up which brought us to the end of another aew dynamite and this one i was like oh my gosh i need to lie down because good grief it was intense but it was also yet another entertaining show where really they don't do anything wrong up